0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams now inside sports with reed wilkins on the voice of your oilers and eskimos 630 chad all
1: right thanks for tuning in tonight Here's what's happening over at Rexall Place. The Edmonton Oil Kings still up 2-1 on Saskatoon. They're about four minutes into the second period. In the NHL tonight, San Jose leading Calgary 1-0, two and a half minutes into the second period. The Bruins still up 4-3 on the Panthers. Yager with a point in that game. Sole possession of third all-time. He moves past Gordie Howe. Buffalo... Rallying, it's now 3-3 against Toronto, less than two minutes to go. Colorado, a 1-0 lead on the Coyotes after the first. The Flyers defeat the Lightning, 4-2, three goals in the third for the Flyers. Capitals and Ducks, Canucks and Kings still to come. Curling, Alberto wins it. They're now 4-1 at the Briar, 9-4 over Manitoba tonight. This is Inside Sports on 630 Ched, My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Still to come... Fernando Pasani with memories of the 2003 Heritage Classic. There will be a new edition of the Heritage Classic Sunday, October 23rd, Oilers at Jets. But of course, it all started back here in Edmonton uh, almost 13 years ago. It's been, uh, I believe, more than 13 years since the Golden Bears hockey team uh, had to play a road playoff series. They had to do it this weekend, Canada West Final against the Saskatchewan Huskies. Bears are going to Nationals, but they were unable to get it done against the dogs Friday and Saturday at good old Rutherford Rink. And to join us to talk about that series and to look ahead, the head coach of the Golden Bears hockey team, Serge Lajoie. Serge, welcome back to the show. Thanks for making time for me tonight.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Reed.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of interviews with uh, Golden Bears coaches and players that I've done over the years have uh, have been about victories, and you guys had a lot of those this year as well, uh, but not against a very good Huskies team this weekend. And uh, you know they held you off the board, a shutout, and then you just got two goals on Saturday, one in the last ten seconds. Give us a, give us a sense of what those games were like. Yeah,
2: it's a full march to uh, U of S. They played a very good game. Uh, they were ready for us. Uh, they asserted themselves physically right off the hop. And I think, uh, you know, we had trouble the, on Friday to kind of match that energy. And, uh, you know, you, but having said that for as as poorly as I thought we played, uh, you know, it was still one nothing uh, with eight minutes left in the, in the third period. We had a bit of a pushback there where I think the shots were 9-1 to one there at one point. And then... Uh, I know they got a good, uh, good opportunity. Scored uh, to make it two nothing, and I think that, that really deflated us. And on Friday, Saturday, the guys uh, responded. They played hard. It was, it was just, it was tough for us to get to the goal scoring areas uh, in front of the net and putting pucks in areas where we can battle for them and create some sustained ozone time. So, again, uh, full marks to to Saskatchewan. They did a good job of keeping us to the outside, and uh, we, we just we couldn't match their energy. And that's what it came down to this weekend.
1: Brotherford Rink is uh, well known in Canada West hockey circles. Serge, give people an idea what it is like to play a game in that building.
2: Well, it didn't take very many people to fill it. Uh, I think there might have been 700-800 people, and that was jam-packed. Uh, if you've ever played a game or seen uh, Aikensdale Arena, kind of a similar concept, but it is uh, it's painted dark green, so it makes it look even smaller if uh, by chance the puck hits hits the uh their metal uh, rafters uh, there's usually a rust delay of uh, five to ten minutes while they clean it up it is rustic as all can be it is good old-time hockey um uh, but you know what it's good university atmosphere it was uh it was a good weekend from that standpoint uh unfortunately we just uh you know i was just we, we came up short and we have a chance here now to, to regroup and uh get a second. To, uh, second opportunity here to to survive for a national championship
1: well of course i want to talk about that but i I gotta ask you about the rust delay because i I watched i watched the third period uh on on saturday unfortunately that's all i got to see of the webcast but they were on friday were there actual rust delays because the roof is so low and the puck hits it
2: yeah there was uh there was two small rust delays and uh actually it could be a good tactical uh uh, strategies, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, you, you, have to shorten your bench and you're a little tired, you can maybe try to get one of your defensemen to try to, you know, constantly flip pucks out and hopefully hit that uh, beam so that, uh, so that we can get a bit of a timeout, you know, you know, similar to a TV timeout. It is, it is very unique. I, for the life of me, I don't know why they don't. It's, it's been going on for, for how many years where that same thing happens. A puck hits the rafter. There's uh, rust all over the place. Uh, you would think that maybe, uh, you know, a good, uh, summer, uh, job would be to clean those up. Maybe sandblast them. I, I'm not sure. Maybe
1: I'm out of my element in terms of suggestions there. Or build a new rink, but, uh, maybe that's oh, just,
2: there's a, there's an awful idea.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, Serge Lachois joining us, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. Uh, give us a sense of what's coming. Cause I know nationals aren't until next week. Uh, did the guys get a day off today or, or when are you back at practice?
2: Yeah, we gave them a day off. Uh, uh, you know, we really felt that our energy level wasn't where it needed to be. And, uh, you know, when you look, if you look back at the four weeks uh, prior, uh, I guess, leading up to the Canada West, uh, I know we had a bye week in there, but uh, we really needed that to kind of regroup. We've been playing playoff hockey, and and uh, I think the guys have really felt the pressure of, of uh, you know, getting some wins under our belt and secure that uh, first-round bye. And then it was not an easy weekend against Mount Royal. They pushed us hard, and we had to battle for everything we got there. So um, we gave them today off. uh we, it, this is really an opportunity for us to reset and you know, kind of regroup as a as a team and uh, but just I think the operative word is we need to re-energize so um, we're not going to learn anything else now it's just a matter on ice it's, it's just to stay sharp have some good puck touches our practices are going to be short try to keep you know simulate the, the game type of intensity but um, we really have to come in not only physically Refreshed, but uh, mentally refreshed to go in into nationals, and that's our our main focus uh, for the next ten days here.
1: When are you going to find out your seeding for the tournament? I assume you'll be five through eight.
2: Yeah, uh, I think we're we're going to wait to see what happens with uh, UNB and StFX, and actually uh, StFX beat UNB here in the first game tonight, three-two. Uh, that could have uh, an implication on on uh, where you know the AUS teams end up. So. You know what? I, I won't even speculate. But uh, regardless of this, if, if we play a, um, a fourth seed, or a, a, you know, or even you know, if they put us all the way down to seventh, we play a second uh, seed. We uh, we're playing good teams. All eight teams that are going to be there are quality teams, and you know what? Uh, they're teams that know how to play the game the right way. They're going to work hard for their chances and their bounces, and it's going to come down to attention of detail and and a little bit of luck and bounces and great goaltending. So. Um, we're just, uh, we'd like to find out here soon so that we can start doing our preparation, uh, get the guys uh, the information that they need to, to kind of get their heads wrapped around a little bit how we're going to need to play, but, so we still have to wait to see what, uh, where you know, where we end up.
1: Do you know when you're going to fly out to Halifax? Like, probably, I assume, Monday or Tuesday next week?
2: Yeah, we've got our, our travel day is Monday. We leave Monday early, um, and then uh, we have an opportunity to get on the ice uh, on Tuesday, uh, first practice, and then another practice on Wednesday, and uh, we're uh, we're preparing ourselves to, to be playing on Thursday.
1: Okay. Well, Serge, you know, great season so far. I know you wanted that Canada West title, but you've still been up near the top most of the year, and uh, all the best at, at Nationals. I know we'll be talking with either you or your players once you're out there. Really appreciate your time tonight.
2: No, oh, thanks, Reed, and, uh, thanks a lot for your support all year. Really appreciate
1: it. Right on. Appreciate it, Serge. That is Serge, the head coach of the Golden Bears hockey team. So, yeah, not, uh, as he mentioned, not quite good enough against the Huskies over the weekend, 4 nothing and 3-2, the scores in the games. The Bears were up one nothing in the Saturday game, and uh, the Huskies got two goals 10 seconds apart in the third, got another one later. The Bears scored late, and that's how it ended. And, uh, yeah, rust delays. Rutherford Rink on the campus of the University of Saskatchewan. Nice campus, by the way. I lived for a summer in Saskatoon. The rink, uh, pretty old. It is truly a barn. And yeah, you're right. you think at some point they'd be like, why don't we clean it up a bit? Why not clean it up a bit? Just ask somebody to do it in a high voice, they'll do it. 814, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Uh, A little more Oilers stuff when we get back. And uh, some news today surrounding a star tennis player and a banned substance the details when we return this is cam talbot from your edmondson
3: oilers and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad
1: that is the first star of the week in the national hockey league your oilers goaltender cam talbot other Oilers notes today Brandon Davidson likely out long term but uh, no details on the injury yet from the team Ryan Nugent-Hopkins hopefully back Saturday or Tuesday Griffin Reinhart called up from the farm I sure hope he plays tomorrow I'd I'd put him in over Nikita Nikita every day in the week maybe that's just me maybe that's just me that's how I feel about it uh, Brendan Gallagher won't play tomorrow for the Canadians against Dallas. They, uh, they didn't announce the injury, but I don't know if you saw it on Saturday against the Jets. He basically did the splits on the ice, so it uh, could be some groinage. Just had Golden Bears hockey head coach Serge LeJoy on the uh, Golden Bears volleyball team going to Nationals in Hamilton this week, so good luck to them. Paul McCallum signed a one-day contract to retire as a member of the BC Lions 339 CFL games over 23 seasons. He played, here we go, quiz for Kellan Kennedy. Name the three CFL teams that Paul McCallum played for. Well, BC. Yes.
4: uh, Saskatchewan, in which he had a very unceremonious uh, departure from.
1: And what was the first? Hamilton? The Ottawa Rough Riders. Oh. He was was still in a, uh, a... he was the last Ottawa Rough Rider still playing in the league. So he's played with the Rough Riders. He's played with the So rough this riders. was pre this was pre renegades though. Yeah. This was yeah, the old Rough Riders. Yeah, the 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 old two word Rough Riders. Paul McCallum will be on Inside Sports on Wednesday. Ooh, That'll I'll be fun. Get some good stories out of that. Should I make manure references or should I not? Uh that might be a touchy. Well, I'm.
4: If there's anybody that could word that question in a respectful way, it's re- It's it, it, old RW. Everybody. It really is.
1: Yeah. It really is. Manure and Reed Wilkins and respect are three <laughs> things that go together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So that's cool.
4: It happened. So,
1: A little more on uh, Peyton Manning. Of course, he uh, retired today. Reporter Alex Stone says comes with uh, some controversy. During his tearful goodbye to football, Peyton Manning was asked about recent allegations, referring to a years-old complaint that surfaced recently by a former female trainer at the University of Tennessee who accused Manning of assault.
4: I did not do what has been alleged. And... I am not interested in relitigating something that happened when I was nineteen years
1: old. Also in recent months, Manning was accused of and denied being linked to human growth hormones sent to his wife. Alex Stone, EBC News. All right also can tell you that uh, wrestler Brett the Hitman Hart says he was scared when he learned that he had prostate cancer. He's lucky doctors caught it early, says the surgery was a success, but he says he was initially trying to find any other way of facing the disease. You know,
4: and I part of me went through a sort of process of trying to find some kind of Hail Mary or some kind of you know, I had a lot of people recommend everything from baking soda and ozone therapy and all these different things. But in the end, it's like you know, I, I think I learned all my lessons from Steve Jobs, where you can wait too long.
1: Heart encouraging men over 40 to get regular checks as well. Other news today, this one's interesting. Tennis star Maria Sharapova announcing she failed the drug test at the Australian Open.
2: Since 2006, Maria Sharapova said she has been taking meldonium, a substance the World Anti-Doping Agency banned this year.
4: And I had been legally taking the medicine um, for the past 10 years. But on January 1st, the rules had changed.
2: Sharapova said she did not know her medicine became illicit because she did not check the updated list of banned substances.
4: I've let my fans down. I've let the sport down.
2: The International Tennis Federation notified
1: Sharapova of her failed test in recent days, but her penalty is unclear. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. All right. uh, Meldonium. Clinically used to treat angina and myocardial infarction. Be careful not to mispronounce that word. Yeah, hey, Kellen no Kellen? kidding,
4: no kidding. So, so uh,
1: heart disease issues, heart stuff. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, oh, another quarterback note here. The Washington Redskins have released quarterback Robert Griffin III. Coming. This comes four years after the Redskins traded a bevy of draft picks to take the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback with the number two overall choice. Remember when he was the next big thing? Oh, yeah. Now he is not the next big thing. No, he isn't. Aaron, this Aaron Andrews case, uh, a jury has awarded Aaron Andrews, TV uh, sports reporter, where she'd been, been with Fox. Was she on Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, she she's still, like a uh, She still a is on Dancing st- with the Stars? Yeah, yeah. Aaron Andrews gets 55 million dollars in her lawsuit against a stalker who bought a hotel room next to her and secretly recorded a nude video. Uh, The jury finding that the hotel companies and the stalker sharing in the blame. The uh, panel says the stalker was responsible for 51 percent of the verdict the two hotel companies should share the rest which is nearly 27 million dollars. $55 55 million dollar lawsuit she wanted 75 million gets 55 million I wonder how many I wonder how many people actually get all that money I I mean if you if I won't use you if somebody <laughs> we won't use stocking let's say for some reason you were found uh, guilty right found responsible whatever in a yeah, lawsuit yeah. and they were like okay kellen kennedy you gotta pay this person 55 million dollars you'd be like that'll never happen yeah that's strange I, i'm not sure how that that worked like i don't have the collateral for the loan and
4: I, yeah i was gonna say it's like you can't really walk up to the bank and be like yeah so uh this happened can i uh borrow 55 million i swear i'll pay it back over
1: yeah blah blah, blah, blah. i swear Give me two thousand years, and I'll pay you back.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I will be here in two thousand years. Wink, you know. Uh,
1: you know, we got another good sports show on this station. It's called Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. It's on noon to two every day. Very good sports show. Mike Johnson from Sportsnet. He was uh, working the telecast last night. The TV telecast was between the benches. I you know. I almost hate to play this clip. Okay. Because sometimes I get, I, I got to admit, I get a little fatigued talking about this player and this subject. But Mike Johnson was talking about Nail Yakupov on that line with Jordan Eberle and Connor McDavid.
3: You know he buzzes around, but doesn't he doesn't accomplish much out there. He, he's it's not for lack of effort or good intentions, I don't think. I just don't think he reads the game the same way that certainly McDavid does. I think Eberle and McDavid because I think Eberle um, maybe doesn't play quite the same pace as Connor McDavid, but he thinks it really well, and I think he understands the spacing and it works a little bit better. I don't think Yakupov's a good fit there. Um, you know, he gets lost between trying to do too much individual stuff, because I think that was probably his tendency before the NHL, and standing around watching the other guys go to work. He can't find the balance of being a complimentary player. And I think that's where a guy who, while sometimes criticized Benoit Pouliot, has that ability to play with good players. And he thinks the game well enough to know when to get out of their way, when to support them and when to chip in offensively. So you're right. I, I think Everly McDavid got some potential. I think um, Yakupov playing McDavid, they may get some points because McDavid will get just about anybody points, but it doesn't seem like a natural fit, and it certainly didn't look like it worked last night to the point that Todd McClellan appreciated that, and he put Laurie Kropikoski up there uh, for the last couple periods uh, with McDavid and, and Everly and, and dropped Yakupov down the line.
1: That is Mike Johnson on Oilers Now earlier today. You can, of course, get audio from any of our wonderful talk shows by going to 630JED.com. The full uh, Cam Talbot and Todd McClellan comments also on the Oilers page if you want to catch up on those. The Oilers will be part of another Heritage Classic, this time in Winnipeg on October 22nd-23rd. Alumni game, then the NHL game. This whole outdoor thing started in Edmonton. November twenty second, two 2003. Fernando Pisani with memories of that first Heritage Classic when we get back.
0: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chat.
1: text message here from Perry to 6.30, 6.30. He says, you know what? It's time you and the noon guy quit commenting and raking Yakupak over the coals. He's a product of too many coaches and not doing time in the minors when drafted. The same thing was done with Justin Schultz over and over again. And the next thing you know, he gets booed out of town. That is from Perry. Hey, man, I've never told anybody to boo anybody. Well, except, except you should boo the Saskatchewan Rough Riders whenever they're here. Quick update on the uh, scoreboard at Rexall Place. The Oil Kings taking on the Saskatoon Blades. Oil Kings trying to push their way into the playoffs. They're up 3-2, third period, just about to start in the National Hockey League tonight. The Sabres come from behind to beat the Maple Leafs 4-3 in a shootout. Mark Pesek, the former Oil King, his first goal of the season in that one. Philadelphia beats Tampa Bay 4-2. The Ducks lead the Capitals 1-0. Getslaff with his 10th. Sharks up 1-0 on the Flames late in the second period. Sharks are here to play the Oilers tomorrow night. Colorado up 2-0 on Arizona. Second period in overtime. The Bruins and the Panthers tied 4-4. And the Canucks and the Kings will face off in a few minutes. At the Briar tonight, Kevin Cooey's Alberta rink, now 4-1, and steamrolling Manitoba 9-4 this evening. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Reed Wilkins with you. And a man who was never once booed as an Edmonton Oiler or anywhere else in his life, Fernando Pisani joins us now. Fernando, how are you doing, man?
5: I'm good, Reed. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for me. I I, I really appreciate it. Do you do you no do you ever recall being uh, booed at, at at any level of hockey? Uh,
5: yeah. I've, I think I've been booed a few times. Uh, I think when I go to the, the hockey academy, it's Rob Brown. I think he boos me. Boo. <laughs> <to
2: do>,
1: so
2: <laughs>
5: just just, uh, ma-
1: just making you feel welcome.
5: Yeah, exactly. That's what he likes to do. So. <laughs>
1: Nice. Uh, wanted to talk to you tonight about uh, the, the Heritage Classic because there's going to be a, a brand new game in October. The Oilers taking on the Jets in Winnipeg. That'll be fun. You were part of the game that, that started this whole thing, Heritage Classics in Canada, the Winter Classic or the Stadium Series, as, as they call them uh, when they're in the United States. That was such a great day in Edmonton, uh, November 22nd, 2003, Commonwealth Stadium. Um, Let's go back to the beginning of this. What what do you remember about the game first being announced? I mean, do you remember thinking, like, what? We're going to play a game where? Or what what, what do you remember when you found out about it?
5: Yeah, well, the initial, you know, we are all kind of talking about it, and then we heard it was going to happen. We were kind of like, uh, okay, I guess it would be kind of cool, right? It was something that... uh, you know, no one's ever done before, and it was something different and new. And uh, yeah, we were we were kind of a little bit, you know, questioning it at first. But uh, once the momentum built on it, and the excitement in the city and uh, throughout the league and all that, it was uh, it was a pretty exciting thing to be a part of.
1: Now, what was the 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 lead up like? Because you know, now there are, and there was an alumni game, uh, that game too, but I think it was all on the same day. Now the alumni games are off for the night before. How much, how much practice time did you have on the rink at, at Commonwealth before the game? Did you get a practice or two in?
5: Um, we, we had one skate and, uh, it was, it was fairly cold. Um, but yeah, the, the alumni game played before our game, if I recall correctly, and then we just stepped on the ice. So it was kind of unfortunate because uh, a lot of those guys I grew up watching, I wasn't able to kind of, uh, you know, reminisce or meet and, and talk. So um, that was kind of the, the downside of it. But uh, I remember the game, it was it was freezing. It wasn't uh, – that was one game where we had heaters on the bench and you didn't mind being sat out for a little while.
1: Well – I mean yeah I'm just looking back your the estimated temperatures are minus 30 with the wind chill um, and I mean it was played I mean it gets dark early in November here obviously as 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 we all know, as we all know did you how much extra I mean certainly I mean as an athlete you have a routine and and the, a, a way you like to feel playing the game with your equipment and your clothing how much extra stuff did you did you wear that day
5: Oh, I yeah, I I made sure I was warm. Um, I had the the toque underneath the helmet and just tried to make sure I was nice and toasty. But you know, when you get ready for games, you like you said, you have your routine and you wear your certain clothes that you have underneath. But that kind of went out the door when uh, when you look outside and it's minus thirty, and uh, you know your breath is uh, you can see your breath, the cold air coming off your breath. So it was uh, definitely. Definitely freezing out there, and, and the ice conditions weren't weren't the greatest either. Like it was when you skated and you turned, you know, like there was huge divots coming out of the ice. So it was, uh, yeah, it was cold.
1: What do you remember about walking out for the game and actually seeing the stadium filled?
5: Yeah, well, as you walk out, it was uh, it was amazing. Like, cause the weather it was so cold, and people stayed out there. You know to watch the game before us and then to watch our game and I I was in complete and utter surprise that uh, people you know battled the elements and uh, and stayed to watch it just goes to show you how much um, people love their hockey here and support it and and how they get behind it and uh, to stay out in minus 30 weather for you know five or six hours that was uh, truly amazing.
1: I mean, you mentioned the ice conditions and the cold, but I I, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Given all that, did it ever feel like a regular game? Did you ever get into that groove where it's like, okay, I'm still an NHL player playing an NHL game? Did it ever kind of feel like just another night, or was there always just something that reminded you about the scope of it and how unique it was?
5: Um, You know, once the puck drops, you kind of get into your – you don't have a choice but to get into it. You know, it's, uh, it's the two points that we need at the time, and it seems like we always need it at any time when we're playing uh, back then. And uh, But, you know, I, when you get on the bench, I think you kind of look around and you kind of try and soak it in as much as you can. And um, But when you jump back on the ice, it's, you know, it's, it's game time. So you, you try to absorb as much as you can without
1: losing too much focus. Fernando Pisani joining us inside sports on 630 Jet, talking about the first ever Heritage Classic held at Commonwealth Stadium, November twenty second, two thousand three. Uh, Montreal wound up winning the game four um, three. Once the game uh, was was over, um, how long did it take you to warm up?
5: <laughs> uh, I, st- I still think I'm trying to warm up right now, but you no, know, it uh, it took a little while. But you know, after the game, we kind of just sat down and you just kind of you sit in the room and you're reflecting and just kind of saying, wow, this is uh, you know, the first of, and to be a part of that and to be on the starting lineup with, uh, I believe it was me and Smitty, and uh, yeah, it was cool being a local guy, being able to, uh, you know, to be a part of that, so it, it was such a, a great experience that now you look back and it was something that you uh, will remember for the rest of your life
1: did I mean maybe you didn't have this this thought at that time but but what do you what do you think now that it that it caught on that it started this whole string of of now you know annual events in the states and and still the odd heritage classic here north of the border
5: well you know what it's great I think it's awesome for for the league and uh, the fans obviously enjoy it and it's something that uh you know the league can build upon and, and extend their fan base and uh, I think they've done a fantastic job with just um, trying to expand the game and, and grow it in the U.S. And, and I think they, you know, they just keep doing it every year, and it seems to get bigger and better. And uh, um, people want to see the, the old guys play and skate around. and uh, So it's, it's a lot of fun for them.
1: What would you tell the uh, Oilers and the Jets who are going to wind up playing in the game in October?
5: Um, you know what? The one thing I look back on is I wish I would have been able to enjoy it more and, and soak it in. Uh, as a player, you're always caught in the, you know, the moment of the game, and you don't really get an opportunity to, to sit and reflect on it. And That's kind of the biggest thing that I would say is you know, enjoy the opportunity. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen very often, and when you get it, you just make sure that you, you kind of soak in as much as you can without, without losing too much focus on the game.
1: All right, before I let you go, I'm going to quickly read a couple of text messages that have come in. Uh, Trucker George says, what's up, Bassani, from your number one fan? So there you go. Trucker George likes you. And you're going to like this one. Jan says, I got married on November 22, 2003. My groom and all the groomsmen actually showed up for the wedding. There were threats that they wouldn't. Lol, maybe my anniversary gift to my husband this year should be tickets to the Heritage Classic in Winnipeg. That, that is from Jan. <laughs>
5: yeah, oh, that's awesome.
1: So she, uh, everybody showed up for the wedding instead of watching you guys play. I guess that's a good, that's an okay reason to miss a hockey game. I guess if you're, yeah, getting married.
5: yes, it, uh, you can get a lot of trouble if you don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fernando, thanks for fitting me in tonight, and uh, well, I had surge on uh, last half hour, but good luck with the Golden Bears at, uh, at Nationals as well.
5: All right. Thanks a lot. Take
1: care. That is Fernando Passani checking in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Of course, Inside Sports is presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow as the Oilers host San Jose. Pre-game at 530. Puck drop at 7 AMA. Safety and savings for your family. Uh, Kellen, did you attend the Heritage Classic? Uh, yeah, I did. I, have, I had seats all
4: the way up. I can't... Uh, remember what they say at home i still kept my t- ticket stubs from that day too i threw it in with the dvd set that was released sooner after but i was up in the nosebleeds on the east end of the stadium and it was cold and my girlfriend <laughs> at the time was whining and complaining about being there and i was like well we're witnessing history so did that lead to the end of the relationship uh the relationship kind of ended a couple months later on a different note so it 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 didn't <laughs> end directly to it but i think it might have been a contributing factor but i don't care it was it was his, historic you know so all right so how cold do you remember being uh well uh on a scale of 1 to 10 probably about 7 or 8 because i'm a season ticket holder with the eskimos as well so it felt to me like those old uh west finals and the west semifinal final games that they used to have all the time uh at commonwealth back when it was like minus 25 minus 30 for those all the time so i had some experience with so it
1: you knew how to dress as best you could uh,
4: let's just say this though i don't think i can remember dressing in as many layers for a single sporting event as i did that day i think i was rocking maybe about six or seven layers worth
1: of clothing that day and did you go earlier for the alumni games? yes you, the yeah oh day? yeah
4: absolutely yeah. yeah so we we've we were there for a full six and a half, seven hours that day, and uh, man, <laughs> it was cool seeing Gretzky and, and Messier and that stuff skate around on the ice in Oilers jerseys again and that stuff. But uh, I would have, would I have preferred to see that at like uh, Rexall Place or something as a one-off? Maybe, but uh, it still was
1: awesome. So, well, I, I don't mind that uh, I don't mind that they're having it in October. Yeah, it's, it still could be. I mean, who knows? It's so unpredictable in this country. Yeah. But uh, you know, less chance that it's going to be really cold. And I mean, some, somebody said to me, "Well, how are they, they going to have it if it's not cold enough?" They've had games in California. I was going like, to say, it's yeah. They, Look they, at the game they, they, they had at Dodger to, Stadium last year. <laughs> yeah, they they know how to make ice. So yeah. It's, uh, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. Inside Sports on six thirty. Chad, you can text us to six thirty six thirty. You can uh, email inside sports at 630Ched.com, the phone number 780-496-0063. Back with a final look at the scoreboard and some other fun stuff.
5: This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630Ched.
1: Fifty one. I got a text message to six thirty, six thirty. Kellen, I want you to pay close attention to this. Oh boy. I'm not gonna say who it's from. I don't want to embarrass the person. Okay. The text message starts off Hi, why does Bob want to trade a chance to have okay, I'm gonna stop right there. Who am I, Kellen Kennedy? <laughs> you are Reed R E I D If you want to know why Bob Stoffer wants to do something, don't text me because <laughs> I can't read the man's mind.
4: Bob is on noon till 2.
1: Yeah. I can't Mountain Standard I can't time. speak nor think for Bob. Or maybe that's for Bob Layton or or Bobby Ewing, I don't know. Don't ask me. Don't don't start a text to me Why does Bob think this That's That's like That's become a pet peeve of mine
4: yeah, if, Right if, up
1: there with play the right way
4: If anything they should be sending those texts to Brendan Ulrich Because he works with Bob So yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyway yeah. I, just, I just thought that, this, cause that, that happens probably a couple times a week Where people be like Why did Bob say this I don't know <laughs> I, I'm glad you listen to this show, but don't listen to this show so I can debunk what was said on Oilers Now uh, yeah. by another human being. I'm just saying.
4: Because you are the all-knowing and all-powerful Reed Wilkins, I guess. (laughs) Just
1: because I'm more reasonable than Bob doesn't mean that I can tell you why he thinks what he thinks. Actually, the fact that I'm more reasonable than Bob makes me less likely to understand why he thinks what he thinks. (laughs) Exactly, right? Uh, That's funny. It is pretty funny. Probably to everybody except that texter who's likely offended now. Uh, But that's life. Hey, I've interviewed Mark Messier on the weekend. On Saturday in, uh, in St. Albert, you can get the full interview
0: on our, our website. Here's what he had to say about Connor McDavid. It's obvious, um, you know, Connor's is a tremendous hockey player, and he's proven that at every level that he's been at, and he's excelled at every level. And there was no reason to think that he wasn't going to excel at the NHL level. And uh, and he's been doing that. Um, you know, I th- I just think, and I and I caution everybody. I just give these kids time to mature and to make mistakes and to and to grow up uh, without putting the any unnecessary due pressure on them. And and even with that, uh, he's one of those kids that's able to handle it. Uh, he's got an incredible. Uh, disposition he's got a, an incredible amount of patience. Uh, he understands the positions that he's in and at the same time uh, you know Edmonton knows how to deal with these uh, with this uh, kind of player. We've, we've done it in the past with Wayne and, and we've done it in the past with our other great players there and there's no reason why Edmonton isn't going to do it with the, the great players that they have on the team now. Messier also had this to say on the Oilers' season so far: They've had their their moments. Uh, the the thing about the NHL now is it's hard to be consistent because there's so many great teams out there. and In order to play consistently, uh, you have to have a solid team and you have to execute. and um, And the Oilers at the, at their at moments this year have played very well and have beaten and played with some of the best teams in the league. And other times they they weren't. Uh, and um, and in order to take the next step, consistency will have to be the number one thing on the on the agenda there is that uh, to figure out a way to play consistent hockey uh, through 82 games there because in order to make the playoffs now, you have to have an incredible season. There's no 500 hockey anymore is going to make the playoffs. I mean, you've got to be 10, 15 games over the 500 mark just to make the playoffs there. And in order to do that, that's an incredible pace. Uh, that takes a lot of uh, commitment and and focus and dedication in order to play that kind of consistent hockey over 82 games.
1: All right, the full Messier interview again on 630 chedcom Final look at the scoreboard. Avalanche up 2-0 on the Coyotes after two. No score, Vancouver and L.A. early. Still one nothing for the Sharks over Flames after two. Ducks lead the Caps one nothing after one. Buffalo beating Toronto 4-3 in a shootout. Flyers double the Lightning 4-2. In overtime, the Bruins beat the Panthers. Panthers 5-4. The Edmonton Oil Kings still up 3-2 on Saskatoon. They're five minutes into the third. Alberta now 4-1 at the Briar, blasting Manitoba 9-4 tonight. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Somebody that listens to both shows do be a favor. Text into Bob during the show and ask them why Reed said this or why Reed thinks something. I'm curious to see if he'll respond to it. <laughs> I want to thank our guests tonight. You heard from Fernando Pisani, Serge Lajoie, Henry Burris, Cam Talbot is the NHL's first star of the week. Griffin Reinhart is up from the farm with Brandon Davidson likely out long term. Those are your Oilers notes today. The studio producer Kellen Kennedy, the producer of the show. Is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins, always fun. Thanks for chatting. 530 face off show tomorrow. Seven o'clock puck drop. Oilers sharks on six thirty chat.